do you drive a big car now? Like, do you drive like a Suburban? Now I got a Tundra. Okay. It's not... So here, here's the thing for... What, what's the right percentage? I'll say two-thirds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you allowed to have a Tundra in Texas? You better trade that shit in. It's made in Texas. What are you talking about? It's made in San Antonio. Yeah, but that's not American, son. Well, what's not American about it? <laughs> that's not America. You sending that money. You send. You sending that money across the across the ocean. That's going the hell, straight to God, San Antonio. That's going to Toyota headquarters, located where Dallas, Texas. Oh. Don't get it twisted. That's as te- I, that's as more Texan than Ford. <laughs> it's sadly true. Joe, do you want to guess what Toyota I drive? Um, there are options here. I'll go Prius, with a Corolla. I'm gonna go Prius. Well, I'll I'll tell you that uh, it's Robbo with the correct answer. I bought a 2008 oh, Toyota Prius, and uh, I actually when I picked up my wife on the first date, she goes, "Oh, I have that exact same car." So up until like a year ago, in the <laughs> driveway of our Priuses. house, we would have two silver Priuses that look exactly <laughs> like each other, right next to each other That's in the driveway. Amazing. It was like the most LA driveway ever. So so then we even totally. Yeah, so then we took a little bit of a left turn and we we got a Honda as our as a, as like our main primary car. Guess what kind of Honda it is? Uh, CRV. Nope. What's the box one? No, not that one. That one sucks. Um, the one that has like plastic <laughs> on the side of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we went for the Honda Odyssey. 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 I knew it had to eat. It had to go either minivan or I was I was giving you some like some street cred with like a the half SUV. I am sitting here picturing Jason Sudeikis and Hall Pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you go out to do you go out to the driveway and sit in your Odyssey and just crank the uh, crank the sticks? Uh, no, I I don't do the Hawaiian shirts. Um, <laughs> I'm more like I have the Billy Joel channel on the series. That's my jam. Oh, um, I love the Billy Joel. I was in I was in high school. I was like into Billy Joel. Like I went like saw him like on concert. Like had my River of Dream shirt that like I knew I couldn't wear to high school because uh, come on, it's so good. Yeah, but like yeah, my friends would make fun of it because like punk rock was really big in my high school. So everybody was going like Gutter Mouth and the Vandals and these kind of you know bands would like spit at you if you got close to the stage. I have no idea who either of those are, but Rob probably knows every person in those bands. And and Joey's like, no man, Uptown Girl, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What kind of car do you drive, Robo? I drive I drive a half hour a day, fifteen minutes each way. And so oh, I, I, think I, I was like I was always I was always I am not having a car. So wait, wait, wait. Don't give us the car, you gotta minutes. give us the make and we gotta give us the model just like Joey did. Alright, so my whole idea was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a car payment. Just to drive right. 15 minutes each way. It's just stupid, whatever. So my wife has her car and we pay for that. But I'm like, I'll just take whatever shitty car my kids no longer want. And so mm-hmm. I've got, I drove <laughs> the, the family truckster minivan, the, two, the 1999, uh, what was it? It was a uh, Chrysler Grand Voyager. I drove that thing up until like 2012 or 13. It was just like, it was the worst because everyone had it just been through the ringers with all the, all the kids, whatever. But hey, it was paid for. I didn't care. And then I finally got rid of that thing. And uh, I moved into a 1991 Acura Integra. Okay. Nice. But I was so stubborn. I'm not going to get a car payment. I'm just going to screw it. I'm a, oh, man. I ain't going to. No. 
and my wife is finally after like two years of me dealing with this stupid car it ran fine it just there was things that had to be fixed i'm like no 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 she's like just go get a car what the hell just we'll go get a lease or something small payment and so i went with the i went with the corolla had it for a couple years and then i just recently my lease came up and i've got the toyota chr which is a like a small little suv crossover looking thing but uh that's that's my car story why didn't why didn't Robin want to let us do the make and model guess, Joey? There was something going on there. Oh, there's oh uh, yeah. So, so Jonas, sorry. I, I, I was waiting for him to stop and go, and then I okay, and then I I got this new mystery car, and here's how you're gonna play this game. Not happening. Oh, I, I was just into my into my old man. I'm I'm not gonna have a car nice. payment story, and I just kind of kept kept going. With it's it. good. It's good. I like so, it. I like it. It was very good. I will tell you this about my Tundra is. Probably I was I was thinking what percentage I'll go eighty percent eighty percent of the U S most people would see that and be like man that's a big truck and everywhere I went I got it halfway through the army everywhere I went people would be like wow that's a big truck and obviously driving Washington D C that is not a truck city parking lots are very small parking garages yeah. very small does not fit for that uh you come back to Texas and it's like oh you got the economy size that's a smart <laughs> decision to go small you can always grow, you can always upgrade if you need more space yeah uh. It's your boy, 3K underscore. Let's do intros at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. Robbo, what's up, Rob? Hey, it's uh, it's midweek, Chicago Bear week, double double Sunday night football kind of thing happened here. So I'm I'm good. I'm 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 ready to roll. I'm ready to go, boys. Joey the Jerk at LA Rams Rams Rams. What's up, Jerky? Well, it's raining in Los Angeles, jerks. I had to wear my jacket today. It was kind of a big deal. <laughs> I had it, to wear my jacket today. It was slightly chilly. It, I heard. It, it had a little bit of bite, guys. Just a little bit of bite. It dipped down to about 68 with rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was intense. People, intense. Were, people were cruising, playing that, that Billy Joel yeah. around town. What's, What's the, the matter with the car? I'm driving it to Oh, man. I actually just went through a huge deep dive about two months ago. And um, I just got out. I just crawled out. Um, what, was, what was the big pullback? Because a lot of times when I do a Billy Joel... I'll find like one song that I like more than I did the last deep dive yep. or something, just something new yep. that I found. What was your big pull out this time? Piano man. What? <laughs> exactly. No, it was, it was actually um, the great wall of China off the river of dreams album. Oh, nice. Nice. And so a lot of the album is about how he just doesn't trust anybody anymore. And he's, you know, pretty much about to get divorced to Christian Brinkley. So his life's just about to fall apart. And so you can kind of hear that in these songs. You're like, oh man, this guy was like, you know, going through some shit. And he hasn't recorded an album since. I just find that kind of fascinating. So that's how it got me into the deep dive. But um, I'm out. Advice is cheap. You can take it from me. <laughs> so, because opinions are free. It's very like dorky white guy. You have to wear sunglasses to play the song. Cause I'm mad. It's a good song for Augie when he's mad, because he'll understand it. Cause I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. He basically gets mad right my now because dad. my dad, my dad, my dad. <laughs> I ain't too selected. To find out how best your friends will fall catch out. <laughs> I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head for weeks now. <laughs> that is a weird song. Like you really gotta <laughs> when this when this um when this podcast is out on the internet, we definitely will have a link so you guys can watch a live performance 
A Great Wall of China by Billy Joel for the River of Dreams album, 1993. What is the most ridiculous Billy Joel song? And there's a ridiculous? lot of there's okay. a lot of options. All right. All right. Okay. Can we just at least come up with like a top five right now? Let's do top three because <laughs> you could go top twen easy. It's Billy Joel. Uh huh. I think I think uh, Good Night Good Night Saigon, the one that has the helicopter blades for like 45 seconds. Start out. I definitely think that should be on the list. But um, the Stranger is great, but I think that song's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Just the whistle. I, I don't, don't know. Think you, I don't think you could beat the Stranger, but if think if you wanted to, maybe um, maybe Pressure could win. Okay. But I'm going with like pressure, singles. Yeah, pressure pressure uh, definitely up there. Uh, only the Good Die Young. Okay. No. Nope. Throw that out there. It's fun, but it, here's my she's, uh, she's That's not a bad one. Uh, uh, we gonna start a fire. We gonna start the fire. That's too iconic to go in the and it, it's too nonsensical. That it's it's just his list of things that he thought about that he couldn't write a whole song about, so he just crammed them all into one song. Here's my favorite: is scenes from scenes from an Italian restaurant. And here's why: it's three different songs. Count. And he just didn't want to, he just, he just kept going on his own self-hatred of this weird, you know, Italian stereotype where he just couldn't stop. And it doesn't, it just keeps going. And you're like, you can stop any, who the hell are Brenda and Eddie? What are you talking about? And he just keeps going, Brenda and Eddie, I love us together. And they got divorced two stanzas ago. Speaking of people wrapped up in tape and ribbon, we lost one this week. Uh, we talked about the game earlier this week, 30-16. Rams beat the Detroit Lions, but we got the official word that we lost one on the battlefield. Malcolm Brown gone with a shoulder injury. He'll be out the rest of the season. Looks like eight to ten weeks. Uh, not surgery. I, 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 we need a doctor sometimes. He didn't have surgery, but he had an operation to clear this up. What's the difference? Who cares? It was an operation that's going to take eight to ten weeks. Wish him the best. Hope he comes back uh, 100% health at when he does. But in the meantime, it's going to be Justin Davidson. Kelly, what do you guys think? I can't get over Justin Davis fumble issues in the summer of 2016, so I'm hoping it's John Kelly. Because how pissed are you going to be if either one of these guys, you're not going to see more than, what, five carries from one of these guys? I don't know. Just dispelled a little bit. Unless unless they're big and they want to really help them out. But for the most part, it's, what, five carries a game? And how mad are you going to be if one of these guys puts it on the ground and we lose a game because of malcolm brown being out because malcolm was damn good this year not only in pass pro which is what really separated him from these other guys uh but he ran hard and he 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 he, he, you lost nothing with him in there when when todd Gurley went out so both boys have a big shoes to fill and if if they fuck it up i'm gonna i'm gonna be gonna be mad he didn't have a ton of work. He had two games. The San Francisco and the Arizona game were blowouts. And in those two, he had a combined 25 carries. In the other, what, nine games? Or I guess 10 games at this point, he had uh, 18 carries. That's it. From nine games. So that's two carries a game from the, the non-blowout. What was the Todd Gurley? Uh, it was uh, the ankle injury. Like, well, he got tackled early in the game. and they kind of, That was Kansas City. Was that, Ken- that was Monday Night Football. Said, cause yeah. he, got, he got some run there. He got four carries, yeah. So that, that that's really what they're looking at. It's you're right. It's not going to be a ton of work, but you can, you also can't use him as a decoy. If, you, if whoever McVeigh chooses, and maybe they go some committee of using them both, you can't put those guys out there and have the defense knowing that it's not going to be a run because then there's almost no reason to put them out there. You might as well just throw an extra tight end if you're just going to use him as a block. Okay, I have a question. 
of the choices between Justin Davis and John Kelly, who will be a better at pass protection between those two guys? I don't have a good feel, Robbo. You got one? Tyler Higby. Do you think McVay knows that answer? Do you think in practice, do you think McVay has a like a legit understanding of which guy he can trust? Like, do you think we'll see that like on on yeah. Sunday? I think they're gonna find out this week. Yeah. yeah, I think they're gonna find out this week in practice for sure. If if one of these guys gets Jared Goff killed by Cleo Mack this week, yep. How you gonna feel? Oh, it's gonna yeah. be. That's gonna be interesting. Pass pro aside, who you, who are you mo- most excited to see with the ball in their hand? Justin Davis John who, or John Kelly? John Kelly. I think John, John Kelly, Kelly, right? Because of that preseason, he showed glimpses of being a, an electric player. And yes, it was the preseason, yes. but I want to see him prove it. I want to see him in the regular season and give him, you know, I'll, I'll take seven seven touches. I kind of want to see what he does. And and like, if there's like a blowout, if we're, if we're like, you know, let's say we're killing the Bears, I, I want to see the whole fourth quarter with just John Kelly running around the field. Do you know who the number two rushing defense in the NFL is? I do know who yeah, it John is. John Kelly's ego. Yeah, it's gonna, they're going to see them this week. So it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a interesting game for the, the guys who haven't seen the light of day since summer uh, to get some test. I yep. reached the summit's edge. And as I lent my ear out into the wilderness, a voice cried out, Defense! But I never heard him speak. John Kelly. John Kelly. John Kelly. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one, man. Is it, is, is the, the structure of this is almost the opposite of Kansas City Chiefs. The, under, the over-under is going to be much lower. This is kind of a game where you look at... Uh, you don't really expect the Bears to go off, but... It's kind of a battle between the Rams offense and the Chicago defense, no? And kind of who wins that battle is probably going to determine the game. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting points in this game. From Chicago, too? Yeah, Tariq Cohen on the linebackers for the, for the Rams uh, and, and, uh, our, and, and our buddy Trey Burton. I think there's some points to be had there. And Mitchell Trubisky can run like Russell Wilson, and he gave us trouble, uh, you know, I, he averages thirty six yards rushing a game. He's got he's got what like four rushing touch three rushing touchdowns this year. Um, if he plays, we don't know if he's gonna play yet. I think, I think that offense can give us fits because they have some guys to expose what we don't do well. Uh, Trey Cohen on linebackers and Trey Burton on linebackers and safeties, and that's stuff that we've talked about the last pod. And we've talked about many other times that the middle of the field is open for anyone who wants to take it, and I believe they have guys who can do so. Yeah, it's a good point on the injury report. He's listed as questionable going into last week. We started off this week. Uh, he was a full participant, and Matt Nagy, head coach of the Bears, suggests that he thinks he's going to be ready to go. It's just going to be a matter of seeing how he goes throughout the week. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. Any thoughts yeah. on Trubisky? I know you're the Jared Goff guy around here, Joey, but uh, you got thoughts on young Mitchell? Yeah, I'm a little bit soft on Trubisky right now. I, I feel like he felt like a system quarterback to me, if we really want to throw that word around mm-hmm. again. But that seems to be the consensus is that, you know, he had good coaching, they had some good schemes, and he was executing the plays, but was he creating things out of nothing? Like, was he using his, like, instincts to kind of, to make plays happen? I I don't think that was, at least at the games I've watched with the Bears, I've been a little bit sort of lukewarm on him. Kind of like, yeah, you know, give him a couple seasons, but 
it kind of feels a little bit um unknown i'm not oh, a, I, I, exactly i i don't want to say he's a finished product by any imagination so i don't know what he is i think he could he could be not a starter you know two seasons or or he could be an all pro quarterback i'm i'm not really sure how he's going to shake out so i think this injury has been a little bit um you know, you know, hard for him because I think people are still trying to make a case on, on what kind of quarterback Mitchell Trubisky is, which is what Jared Goff had in his rookie season. But I think when he came in the second season, it was much more like, okay, this is who Jared Goff is. I don't think – I think you're kind of getting that, but now you have this injury, so it's it's slowing things down a little bit on uh, getting to that final answer. So. Trubisky. I, I, like, I like a good Mitchell too. You don't see a lot of Mitchells. And the change. He was a Mitch as a collegiate athlete. And he like legally like had to tell the press. Now you call me Mitchell. Just so it shows the maturity. He's grown up. When you go from uh, what Chapel Hill, you, you can be a Mitch. When you go to Chicago, a little more from a metropolitan, you become Mitchell. It's the NFL. This is a grown man's game. You can't. You got to come with that Mitchell. You can't be a Mitch anymore. This isn't. This isn't for boys, Mitch. <laughs> As a professional athlete, I don't think you really want a last name or or a first name that rhymes with bitch. So it's probably smart that he. That's exactly right. No bitches. Little disappointed he only went with two L's. Could have stuck a third or fourth on there if he was committed to it. <laughs> typical bitch move. Bitchel. Um, weather is going to be a factor here. Uh, it's quite cold. Tiny cold hands. Is that what we heard last week from tiny our cold hands. Oh, little yeah. pinchers? Tiny, tiny, tiny cold, tiny cold Jared. Are hands. you worried about his tiny cold hands, Joey? You're just gonna see Jared Goff on the field turning to to Higgs, going, "I really can't stay." And then, buddy, it's cold outside. <laughs> um, hey, what's in yeah. these smelling salts? <laughs> it's 34 degrees. It's high, right? It's gonna be chilly, but not no snow, no snow, and no rain. So it'll be a yeah no Sunday high of thirty four. Yeah. So at night it's a, it's a game night game right? So it's it'll drop if it's down. a high of thirty four at game time probably how, be the thirty forties. How how many 30? how many fumbles do you think Jared Goff is going to have during this game? Zero. You just had to bet zero. <laughs> that is the professor yeah, answer. That's what the professor says. He will have no flaws. Okay. They will score hundred points. Go Bears. Um. Uh, that has a lot to do with Cleo Mack. How many times is he gonna is he gonna beat uh, Ole Khalil, W around Khalil the Mack's around the band? tiny cold feet? He won't be able to run. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a that's the matchup. And Cleo Mack is, and you know he's he's awesome to watch. He has nine sacks this year, which is pretty good. Our guy has got sixteen and a half. So does that make him almost twice like as it. better? I don't know. I mean that's. That's the matchup. That's the what's that's what this whole thing is going to come after, right? They're, they're going to be talking about Mac and, and Donald for the, the entire night. Did you guys see Jared Goff? Did I ask me anything at Reddit this week? Uh, the Fanatic sp- sponsored one. I did yeah. see. I didn't actually go and read it though. Uh, it was very silly. There wasn't almost anything of any real note that has anything to do with football. Um, he did. There, two, there were three things that I enjoyed. One, they asked him. You, you get one appetizer, one main, one dessert, and one alcoholic drink, one non-alcoholic drink each day for the rest of your life. Calories, proteins, carbs, non-existent. You will always be healthy, so health is not a factor. What are your choices? And he said mozzarella sticks for his appetizer. He'd do any type of lobster. 
apple pie for dessert. A non-alcoholic drink would be Dr. Pepper. And the al- alcoholic drink he would do every day would be Coors Light. I just <laughs> became a big Jared Goff fan. Oh, my. I'm telling you right now where that comes from. His dad was a major leaguer, right? Yeah. It's a, work, it's a working man's beer, Robbo. This, this is a beer that he got from drinking with his dad. His dad used to drink it with the boys after a game. It was eight, Silver Bullet was huge in the 80s. Yeah. Coors Light, Silver Bullet, it was, uh, it was what Bud Light kind of has now for, for shit beer drinkers. Everyone loved themselves some bullet. And uh, he saw his dad drinking it. So now it's the iconic. My dad drank that beer, and I got to sip it that one time when he let me have a little bit. It can't be because he thinks it's good. There's no way. Well, he's only been legally drinking for two years, so he. I mean, all the frat parties. I mean, even so, you're drinking P- the kids now. They're drinking PBR because I think it's cool or more dilly dilly. Who drinks Coors Light? Who? What millennial drinks Coors Light? Jared, it is a a great oh, beverage because cool. it it tries to brag about how cold it is, but the serving it like you buy it at the store, like <laughs> coldest beer. It's just as cold as the other beers, but somehow they're like no. <laughs> we're Even like cooler. we're a we're a frozen train is basically what it's gonna taste like. You don't want to drink something hot like ice. <laughs> uh, second fun point of this was somebody asked him what his cheat meal is, and I'm gonna go backwards. So he he reveals what it is at first. I'm working backwards first. He reveals that it's pizza. Second, that it's a pepperoni pizza, and third, that it is a pepperoni pizza from Pizza Hut. And yet my fandom continues to grow. <laughs> Jared, it was just not chicken tenders. This is a man from, with millions from... of dollars living in Los Angeles, and yet his cheat meal is but the same pizza that I ate when I was living off of honey buns and French fries in college. Yep. Uh, same spirit, my dude. We need to turn this into his his uh, his his Heinz ketchup sponsorship. Yes. We need to get this out there. No, Mahomes got some ketchup sponsorship after it. We need to get Pizza Jared a Pizza Hut deal. He would be a great spokesman for Pizza Hut. Can you imagine just watching a Pizza Hut commercial? Perfect. And it's just him standing there, like in his kitchen, talking about what type of pizza he likes. Like him being the Peyton Manning of yeah, Pizza Hut. Cut, sling me that saw. Shoot me that saw, Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hand me the garlic sauce, bro. Yeah, Higgly Wiggly. Are we out of ranch? Clutch. Tell me he did. He dips his pepperoni pizza on ranch. Oh, you know he, he does. does. He has a he has a bottle of Hidden Valley. He has two bottles of Hidden Valley in his fridge. Oh, uh, do me a favor, Hig, Higman on campus. Yeah, I'd grab the sriracha. It's a must. Thanks, dude. The rooster sauce, bro. The rooster sauce. Uh, um, okay. My favorite question oh, in the yeah. AMA, somebody asked, and I don't know why he answered it, but I'm glad he did. The question was, who has the best butt on the offensive line? And his answer was, come on, haha. And then he answered it. My center, John Sullivan. Touch it every day. Oh, yeah. He's the only one I have firsthand experience with. That's an honest man. I think that's a great line. I, uh, I thought that was really funny. Good job, Jared Goff. It was a great AMA. Good for him. Good for him for doing it. Good for him answering the questions he did. Let's get him that sponsorship for Pizza Hut and Cruise Light because it's good stuff. Um, back to the game. 
Is there anybody? We talked about Mitch Trubisky. We talked about Khalil Mack. Is there anybody? Is there anybody you have to scheme uh, around besides Khalil Mack? Is this just you know, like you talked about the idea of a system quarterback? Is this a system offense and a Khalil Mack defense? And, and that's kind of what we're facing. Uh, you know who is second NFL in interceptions? Uh, Eddie Jackson got to be. He's been balling. Kyle Fuller. Kyle, Kyle Fuller, Fuller was sick. Oh. Eddie Jackson has four. Oh, that's right. No, Sean McVay mentioned that in his press re- in yeah. his press time today when he mentioned every player that's ever played for the Bears since 1973. Right. They're they're in the top they're in the top three. Both of those guys. You know, um, Kyle Fuller second with with six, and and Jackson who who had a big game uh, on on national TV. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Had uh, had four. He's so good. that's that's something you got to be aware of if if inaccurate tiny cold hand from Detroit Jared Goff is out there. Those boys aren't going to drop them like the like the Lions are doing. Is this the best defense that the Rams will be facing this season until the postseason? But but so far, no yeah. other team previous to this game has been as strong as this defense. Would you would you say that? Maybe Minnesota Broncos have a great Broncos have a great pass defense. I like their pass defense, and they did it. The Saints Saints rush defense is number one in the NFL, and they didn't do a lot on the ground against the Saints. Okay. And this is number two. Yeah, it's up there though. Um, Chicago's got Chicago's got a damn good defense, no doubt. Yeah, Minnesota's sixth right now. Uh, the Chargers are eighth in defense. Uh, San Francisco at least twelve. But yeah, this is they're ranked fourth as far as total yards. If you look on points per game, different story. I think Football uh, Outsiders had them first in their defensive DVOA rankings. Chicago, I'm talking about. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. They um, but the thing about the Bears is I don't know if you saw it. Uh, what's his name from Over the Cap? Jason from Over the Cap was tweeting out strength of schedules for. For this year, yeah. and the Bears play the second easiest schedule in the league so far. Yeah, they played a lot of garbage. Yeah, which maybe is why their defense is so good. Perhaps. Did you guys see that press uh, conference to, from today from Mavay that I'm talking about? Where, yeah, he, they asked him about the defense, and he ended up listing every single starter on the defense. Yeah, that's just kind of his brain, just kind of going back to tape. Like he's like, "Here's what I I watched today: tape on all these guys, and just listing them." Yeah. The internet loved it. I kind of want him to get even goofier with it and just like he, and he'd have to put in like 10 minutes of work to do it, but I want him to memorize like random facts about like every player and just everybody be like, why does he know this stuff? Like, yeah, that Eddie Jackson, look, he's a good defender, but you know, the weird thing with a guy like that is, you know, he's born December 10th. So, you know, being a Capricorn, that's one of those things you have to watch out when he pushes <laughs> forward with his right hand. That's just one of those tendencies. Those guys, you know, he's born in Lauderdale Lakes and you know what they say about Lauderdale. You never take fakes from the lakes, and so you just got to be ready. <laughs> Chicago offense, all scheme with average talent. We kind of talked about that. Let's get into, oh, we got to get some bold predictions, Joey. I know you've been juiced for some bold predictions for this one. What, what my real worrying sort of predictions would be, just non-bold, is that Jared Goff is going to have a, a tough game. He's going to give the ball up a lot, and he's going to get, you know, affected by the cold, and he's going to he's going to maybe fumble the ball three times. That's what I'm worried about. I Ooh. don't want to happen. So my bold prediction is that Jared Goff has no turnovers, and then win Ooh. the game. <laughs> Ooh, Schrodinger's cap: three fumbles, but no turnovers. I like it. <laughs> my uh, my optimism right now is just bold. Give me a bold prediction, Robbo. I need a bold one from Rob. I'm going to go Tyler Higby with two touchdowns and uh and I'm going to go with a John Kelly touchdown. So we're going to get we're going to we're going to get three touchdowns from guys who really have no business scoring touchdowns like from this team. 
I think the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win. I think they're going to come come out and put their foot in their ass. Uh, I think they're, they're this is in Detroit. They're not going to overlook whatever they they know what they have in front of them. This is a team they could see down the road, uh, just like they've done every other time when they had had big games. Even the Saints, they've kept they they didn't lack for scoring against any of these teams. The, the Vikings, the Saints, or the Chiefs. This is another one where it's hey another top team. We need to come out and show up, and they've shown up. They haven't really laid any eggs in big games this year. Yeah. When I was kind of worried about them doing so. so, I'm all I'm all aboard with Jared, Jared's little half. Little hands. He's gonna have hand warmers in the glove. He's gonna that. John John Sullivan's gonna put the hand warmers on his and his on his ass. So when he gets under there and he gets under center, he's got like a little little fireplace furnace burning for him. And uh, I think he's gonna light it up. I'm 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 full ahead with Rams offense going to town. Yeah. Now wait a second, why do I have to cut my edgy joke, but your edgy joke where Jared Goss shoving his hands into John Sullivan's warm <laughs> asshole gets Hey, there. that's just what happens, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, really. That's, that's such as football with, with what they're actually doing on live television 55 times. Santa baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Uh, here's my bold prediction. No sacks for Aaron Donald. Uh, I'm going to go 10 pressures. Big game from Aaron Donald that doesn't satisfy the sack lovers, which will make me quite happy. Yeah. Um, Hey, it is what it is. Joe, you got a mark here, worried about golf, worried about two weeks of bad play. I know last last week worried you. And yeah, I think I feel I feel you I feel you teetering on the edge, man. Well, I think I feel like Rams fans were very emphatic about labeling his performance last week as a as a as a as a failure, as a just a, a bad, like a mm-hmm. no jokes bad game. And so if he plays similar in Chicago, which there's there's a chance he mm-hmm. could. I think it'll be sure, it'll yeah. be really bad just for the narrative of uh, jawing again. I just don't want that to happen, guys. So I think it would be great if his performance last week wasn't necessarily because he got rattled. This was because he yeah. was just a little bit, um, you know, he he hadn't played for ten games, ten days, and so I think he's now his rhythm's back. I think I think that'll be great, but um, but now he has this factor of the weather, so. Hopefully, you know, his rhythm is going to be stronger than any sort of uh, sensitivity to just being in a game that's 30 degrees or whatever it is. Here's here's something that helps you sleep at night, Joey. Uh, we mentioned last pod, Jared Goff's completion percentages and the low low points he's had this year. He's had a couple games in the 50s, like low 50s, whatever. After each one of those, he's bounced back with 75% completion, 75%. 70%. So we're looking at a, a bounce back game from Jared. He hasn't, he hasn't strung bad good. Yeah. And, and he does do that. Yeah. He always, he always gets back up. He always gets back up. John Kelly. <laughs> just, throw, just random John Kelly cologne. In there. What are you guys watching the game? I, uh, I'm superstitious. And so I try to watch the game from the same spot, the same thing. I wear, I've worn the same sweatshirt for every game. I <laughs> wash it, throw it back on. I'm superstitious because uh, I'm totally what makes them win. And if I don't do what I normally do, so the, the Rams flag goes up in the morning, I go sit in the chair, I put the TV right where it was last time, I get the same drink, I, everything is the same until they lose, and then I switch it up. Uh, so for the, yeah. I'm 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 just I'm that guy. We lost the playoff game last year because I flew down for the playoff game. I wasn't in the chair at my flag and all that bullshit. And uh, yeah, that's why because I wasn't in, my ass wasn't in the chair. So, L.A., I will not be in you during the playoffs. So interesting. I'm stay, home and we're gonna win because of that. That's great. Are you a routine guy, Joey? No, I'm not. But I respect it, yeah, and I think it's great. 
but I just don't have that. And I also blame Rob for us losing the wildcard game. Sure. Yeah, that's my fault. And the Eagles game. I flew down for the Eagles game, which means we're probably going to lose the Eagles game this year because I'm flying down for that one. And if that shit happens, I will never attempt a Rams game this year. <laughs> Another game ever. <laughs> that, that checks out. That's fair. Uh, I'll be doing boring me stuff, watching the game from my beautiful home. A uh, good article this week from Sosa about LaMarcus Joyner. Dude, dude, I've said from the beginning of the season that just like Trumaine Johnson, the reason they franchised him is to keep him for now because they couldn't figure out who to replace him with long term until they get to that uh, decision point. Do you, do you guys think LaMarcus Joyner is going to be here next year? Negative. Priority A, gone. What do you think, Joey? Well, I, I, I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you guys that seems very likely that he's not going to stay, but he also hasn't been playing like a guy that is going to be drawing huge offers from teams. I mean, unless they look at his production from last season, but if they just look at this season, I think he did himself a little bit of a disservice. So he could maybe have, have a sort of negotiated negotiation plan, not to go for a bigger contract that maybe they could have gotten last season. If they do that, if we can afford them, I think there's a chance that you know that, that he could stay with the Rams. Like he doesn't feel like it's likely that he's going to stay, but I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion as much as I we all felt like Trumaine Johnson was gone. Like we weren't going to resign that guy. I don't know. Maybe 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 you guys think that's the same situation. I don't feel it's that bad. But what do you guys think? I, I just. I don't know that he's a fit. I just, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure. I, he was, I think Sosa even said in his article, but you know, if you look at his PFS, PFF grades, uh, they're night and day from last year to this year. And what's the difference? What's the change? Is that the contract, you know, uneasiness there? Is there something like, is there some truth? I mean, it's, that has to affect some guys, right? Hey, I don't have a contract. I need to play. He's pressing and whatever. And it's just, it just hasn't worked this year. He's not the same guy he was last year. Um, I just don't see. I, I, you can pay someone else less to do what he's giving you right now. I just don't see the need to throw money at that guy when there's other guys you can you can get and other guys you, sh- you should probably pay in this team to keep Roger Saffron. Yeah, for sure. He's the fourth highest paid safety in the NFL this year. Um, it's just a good reminder of why the franchise tag, as much as we can look at Trumaine Johnson, who used it and parlayed it into a huge contract, doesn't work out for everybody, and there's always a trepidation from a lot of players that don't want the franchise tag. They want the deal when they earn it, uh, and this is a good reason why. That secondary can look vastly different next year. I mean, I think the only one who may be safe is John Johnson uh, at this point because of the, the team control. I could see them, even though they have Peter signed, I could see them maybe dealing, moving him off, or Akeem Tlaib maybe going away. Uh, I, could see, I, could see, I could see big changes in that secondary next year. Yeah, they can make a lot of moves. I mean, it feels like they're just aggressive right now. So just like last season, I'm sure we're not going to be expecting some of the moves they're going to make. So it'll be interesting to watch. Less need. It's his time to shine every year. Um, One random deal. We haven't talked about relocation in a long time. There hasn't been a ton of news yet. A little bit this week with the XFL announcing franchises in Los Angeles and St. Louis. But we did get news this week that the, the old St. Louis PSL deal that had been in courts finally got settled out of court. Um... Rob, I'll, I'll ask you because we've covered uh, stuff for Tertial Times for years. Do you think this represents kind of the last nugget of closure for St. Louis with the Rams? And they'll, the same way that LA fans harbored and still harbor hatred for Georgia Frontier all these years later. Do you think? I still hit that. Do you, well, that's fair. Do you think this gives them at least the closure to move on and maybe hate Stan Kroenke for the rest of their lives, but it gives them the closure to move on from the Rams in a sense? 
Yeah, you know, it's I I, I try not to mention a whole lot uh, of this of relocation talk and Cronky and stuff, especially socially, because uh, I I still do have a number of people in St. Louis that uh, I I chat with and, and interact with and I like and they you know I'll, again say it right now they did nothing wrong you did nothing wrong you supported the team they were great when they were dog shit terrible you kind of supported them just like every other city in America look around you know there's there's plenty of places to find empty seats of of good teams so don't think that that's anything different uh, I also think that. Crunky and, and Demoff executed their plan perfectly, and they got what they wanted. Uh, so yeah, we've been through all that. So uh, does this give some closure? Yeah, I think it should give some closure to guys because they could say, you know, hey, look, we got that guy. And and uh, as someone who lives in a city that had a team move on them recently, and uh, at the same time frame ish, uh, the Seattle SuperSonics moving to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I still hate Ray Bennett. Screw that guy. He sucks. Uh, but I like Kevin Grant. I don't know. You know, whole things against players. So yeah. You can dislike the guys who moved it and all that, sure. but there's been many. I don't think about them anymore. It's gone. It's like, yeah, someone mentions it. It's like, yeah, screw them. They suck. I don't like that guy. But it doesn't occupy my all thoughts sure. because, like I said, closure. That's done. And I think this, I think this will end that chapter. They can stop talking about it and and let you know there are still Rams fans who pay attention to them and they hate Cronky, but they're still fans of the team, just like I was when Georgia moved you know? the team from LA home to St. Louis. I hated her. I still followed my team. So that's going to happen, and I think this is some closure for those guys who, you know, uh, who's the sports radio guy who was like super adamant, Randy, Randy character. He was like, mm. right, this is closure for that yeah. guy. Just all right, screw you, you piece of crap, Cronkay, whatever. Uh, when it turns out he's been a great owner for the L.A. Rams, which gives a little more salt to those guys. Why didn't he do this shit sure. for us? He's you can't complain about anything he's done since he's moved to Los Angeles as far as the team. You hear players' wives, Melissa, talking about a, Melissa, what, what a great owner he is and things they do in the first class. And that had a chap to hide a little bit. So, I, yeah, I think this gives him closure because they're sticking it to him. He has to pay $20, whatever, which is a drop in the bucket for his net worth because they moved to LA. I think they get some closure. I think, yeah, there's a lot of that. And I think you're right. It's just we'll call that St. Louis part done. But it's a great time, but it's no longer. You know what it feels like for me is the unhappy version of the movie Major League. Like if the bad guys won (laughs) and they got to move away. And then when they're in Miami or whatever city that they wanted to move to, they like win the World Series and they're really successful. And they thought, hey, the good guy coming back. You know, George is gone. We're selling to this local guy. They were all in it when that happened. And then they realized, oh, shit, he's. He's he was born in Missouri, but he's a money guy, and the money is in Los Angeles, and that's when they got pissed off. So it's like, I'm not sure he had the long game there, but I think once he got, once he saw that he had a chance to buy the the full majority of the team, and there was no team in Los Angeles, I have zero doubt that the dollar signs were were rolling back his head like uh, uh, Burns from from Simpsons. He just him and Smithers were, were just sitting there going, "All right, we got this." I, I I don't think for a second that that didn't happen. And in this scenario, is Kevin Demoff Smithers? Totally. So totally. A different way. I'm going. I'm okay. going with the classic. Family works in the grocery store. 
Seven is pennies for Sunday. Mama Frontieri left a note on the door. She said, Stanley, move out to, to the, the country. country. Working too hard can give you a heart attack. You ought to know by now. Who needs a house out mm-hmm. in India? Is that all you get for your money? <laughs> Sergeant O'Demoff is walking the beat. At night he becomes a bartender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Also, you listen to podcasts, check it out.